0: So. W-
1: Wendell Berry says it like this and and I like the way that he points out a place where uh, a place it's not really a place th- points out a source of of a lot of things like this. He says um in an essay called The Joy of Sales Resistance something along the lines of the scientists have already fixed all of the problems that we used to have and soon they will find solutions. To all the problems resulting from the solutions to our previous problems, there will always be a job for scientists, <laughs> says Barry, tongue firmly planted in cheek. Um, there, this wasn't much banter. This, was, was say, I mean, this got real serious real quick. You're supposed
0: to say something funny right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not working with a whole lot of sleep right now, which you might think might make me funny. Make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> make you a make you a, a a that's a movie reference. Oh man, I I didn't catch it. What's that from? Ooh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: No, I think it's actually Wedding Crashers. Probably not the best one to be mentioning
1: on here. Have I seen it? Yes. Is it so many years ago that I don't recall that line? Also yes.
0: It's some like bratty Kid at one of the weddings insisting that he make him a bicycle. Oh, you he's, mean he's oh. he, he's, do, he's doing balloon animals. <laughs> he's like, "Make me a bicycle clown." <laughs>
1: Okay, now, now that you say that, I, I do remember. Yeah. I th- and I think that you correctly identified the movie. Mm. Christopher good. Walken's
0: in that flick. I'm good at that. Yeah, he's great. Have you ever seen The Bester's Saturday Night Live with Christopher Walken?
1: Yes, I have. It's hilarious. I mean, I'm not a Philistine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that was it. <laughs> in three, two, one. Da, da, dun, dun. Welcome to Deuterocanons. <laughs> I'm Byron, and with me, as always, is Justin.
1: Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. I thought that we were going to um, do an acapella version this week of our theme song. Isn't that what you had said?
0: Uh, I did it. Hold on. How does it go? <laughs> I can't even hear it right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I started
1: doing it, but it turned into a Sum 41 song. <laughs>
0: You're you're lighting us up over there. Oh, shoot. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, this is episode 31. Now, I contemplated whether this would be another remastered, another installment in the remastered, because our topic tonight, I have discussed it uh, during the collection portion of church, and I think I've also mentioned some of this in a sermon, but I haven't talked specifically on it, so I don't know if that counts.
1: Well, I mean, it was recorded, but it wasn't really part of the deuterocanon's milieu.
0: let's uh when we is get, that, is that the right word when we get to the end, we'll have a vote on whether or not this qualifies this I, I, I don't I don't
1: think this is remastered.
0: okay uh, I'm going to go ahead and vote by mail. Hmm. so we're at we're tied one to one All right, so episode 31 uh, and I guess before we get to what the topic is, as always, please like, share, subscribe, and if you're listening to us, tell a friend. And comment and all those other things. There, we got that out of the way. We're done begging. <laughs> Although you were doing a little bit of a, you did a little bit of marketing, if you will, in church the other day. I, I was. I wonder if I wonder if any of those guys. I don't you, know. I mean, I, I hope so. So we're over like 300 downloads by now. By the way, hey, that's good.
1: Yeah. So somebody's I, listening. I'm really glad for the people who are who are downloading this. Yeah. Thanks.
0: And tonight our topic is on the board. It says money, but really it's. Money, 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 money. Or also, also, what I might see if I can insert into the right after the title song is. That's the one that came to mind for me. Money.
1: Who is that? Is that Pink Floyd? Pink Floyd. Yeah. Dark Side of the Moon. Have you ever seen that uh, synced with The Wizard of Oz?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Oh man, it's it's odd. It, it's it's very it's very strange and so that's that song for me is is always connected with the particular scene in the wizard of oz that it corresponds with hmm. apparently those guys were maybe ingesting some things that, that were not ultimately beneficial for them while yeah. they were creating that album i know that might come as a shock
0: i think i've seen that i just don't it does not come to mind readily yeah anywho so here's why we're talking about this uh Again, it's something I've, I've touched on before. I thought it would be an interesting topic. And then also, we're in September, so we are approaching the end of fi- the fiscal year. I'm glad you said that. What, what does that mean? Um, I guess, you know, I don't know all of the history behind the concept, but like in the military, the fiscal year and the calendar year are two separate things. And uh, I I suppose a lot of that what that is, is maybe we want to we want to have the money rolling before we hit the beginning of the calendar year, perhaps. But for us, the fiscal year ends in September and then the new fiscal year starts in October. So whenever we do training or planning, it's based on fiscal year. And so
1: does the fiscal year follow the lunar calendar? I have no
0: idea. But the first quarter of the fiscal year is October through December. October the through second December. Okay. the second quarter is January through March, right? So when we hit the beginning
1: of the calendar year We're actually in the second quarter of the fiscal. So year. is it like that for everyone? I don't know. I mean or, or do different <laughs> industries And or industrial complexes have have different fiscal years
0: I don't know but I you know what we're talking about is right in line with what we're discussing because I don't think we well I don't think we appreciate how much like our lives are centered around money and how how often things happen uh how many how often things are referenced that especially in the bible that might go right over our head because we've never really stopped and maybe considered like
1: what it is and why it matters that's the case for a lot of things it is and i would say that's sort of why we're you know taking time out of our as we we've mentioned incredibly busy schedules to talk about these things correct because i don't know you don't stop and think and talk well, and so it does just kind of go by you
0: with, with the fiscal year coming to end the end, end there's a lot of concern with funding right now. And, and so that's the thing is, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's the same in other professions. I assume it probably is, but you get to the towards the, the end of the fiscal year, you're either like uh, Rob and Peter to pay Paul or scraping by to try and like pay for these last couple of things before the next year's money turns on. Or you've got a surplus and we need to spend it now because if we don't spend it, they think we need less next year. And it'll a bunch of weird things like that. So there's a lot of that talk going on at work right now. Um, and so, uh, but if there's one thing I've learned in my job, it's really the importance of money. In fact, I took a, uh, I'm doing some distance learning right now. And one, one of the things, so this is something I've always said. And I didn't know that there was actually like, I guess, doctrine out there on it. Um, but I've always tried to you mean imp- like
1: military doctrine, correct. Okay. I've
0: always tried to impart on my guys. Like the thing I'll say is our ability to spend money is as important as your ability to fire your weapon. Now I don't know if those are necessary, if that's the best analogy, but it's just really important mm-hmm. because, um, and, and so in this class I'm taking one of the things it talks about is money as a weapon. That's like a, a thing in the military. And, and the idea being that, you know, on the battlefield, we can use the money for a lot of good. Um, I guess some examples It can
1: also be used when it's
0: left on the battlefield for other people to take and use as a weapon. (laughs) That's that is correct. Yeah. But one of the things they'll talk about is, you know, they call it the color, the colors of money. Hmm. And so, um, you know, this is all the stuff that never makes it into a war movie, but understanding the different pots of money that we have to pull from and where they come from and what the authorities and limitations are on those certain types of funding, you know, because there's certain things that you can do, uh, um, with certain funds that you can't do with other funds. Um, And so, uh, and that means that, that, that means there are limitations, but, but if you understand how it works, it means that there are also, there's monies that are available to you that if, if you just know what they are and how they work, it opens up a whole, whole lot of options. And so on, on some of these deployments I've been on, like, uh, I've gotten there right at the fiscal year changeover. And the problem with that is that, um, at the end of the year, there's this tendency to pull all the funds in so that we can reshuffle and count and, and account account for them. And uh, it's really hard when you're interacting with a partner because a lot of the places we go, like the Afghanistans and the Iraqs and the Syrias, there's a lot of people that are very they're very much reliant on us to help fund their security force and give them training and all that. And so uh, it's important because they're only going to meet with you for so long just because you're a cool guy. You know, at some point it's like. Yeah, so what can you do for me, you know, because I have guys that need training and that takes money and I have guys that need, you know, food and weapons and and, you know, materials for building checkpoints and for building, you know, what name you name it. And that that takes uh, takes money. And so, you know, there there is the the downside of that where we can create a dependency. But also, if, if you're not meeting their needs, they can't really do the things that we're trying to get them to do on behalf of our government and behalf on, on, on the behalf of, of theirs, let's say. And so, certainly, it's capable of great evil, maybe to your point. But it's also capable of a lot of good. And so, I wanted to talk about some of that, uh, what we see in the Bible and, and, and other things tonight. So, first question. First question. And I did prep I did prep you with this one. I don't know if you had a chance to think about
1: it. Yes and yes. What is money? Well, I'm going to repeat a rhyme that I heard in a uh, in a lecture about the Federal Reserve probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Money is a matter of functions for medium, measure, standard and store. Money is a matter of functions for Medium, measure, standard, and store. Um, would you care to interpret that? Okay. So th- there are like four aspects or attributes of money. Money is money to the extent that it's a medium of exchange, mm-hmm. that it is measurable, that it's standardized, and that it can be stored. Okay. So if if it lacks one of those things, then it's it's not really doing what money is supposed to do. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if, uh, if like your money is, let's say a, an apple, Mm -hmm. like your currency is an apple. Well, that's, I mean, it's a medium, it's a measure, it's a standard. I mean, to some extent, but you can't store it really. Right. I mean, it, it, it has a limited shelf life. Yeah. And so that, that's why, you know, things gravitate. I mean, value tends to be, um, endowed in things that do last like precious metals. Right. Or precious minerals, mm-hmm. things like that.
0: Yeah. So, man, like, understand that neither of us are economists. Or I'm not. I'm not even a little bit yeah. of that. I've taken I've taken uh, microeconomics, like one hundred and one.
1: And I haven't had a math class since two thousand three.
0: I've uh, listened to and/or read much of Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics.
1: Yeah, I've I've listened to listened to and I've read. Some Thomas Sowell. I've read some, some other I, I guess you could say commentators or yeah. um, pundits on maybe not exactly economic things, but I guess fiscal poli- uh yeah, fiscal policy. Mm-hmm. Um I, I've read about like the creation of the Federal Reserve. So, um, well, yeah, so things y- like
0: that. So here's my follow question then. Like why is it valuable?
1: Why is money valuable?
0: Yeah. Like why is a dollar valuable?
1: Because it's allegedly backed by the full faith and something of the United States government. And something. <laughs> full faith and credit. Yeah. Full faith and credit of the United States government. Right. So basically it's worth something because our government says it does and they have sufficient coercive power, which I don't exactly mean something negative by that. Yeah. But they they have the coercive power necessary to enforce its value. And,
0: and I, I think there's a certain element because... Again, this is where I don't know everything, right? I know we're no longer on the gold standard, and I know that there's probably problems with that—enormous constitutional problems with right. that—and and so we have a fiat currency, and there's also a huge problem, right? And so, to a certain degree, it's valuable because we've all decided it is, right? Or we were all raised in a culture—is it—is it—is this a—is this a—what a uh, is it, What am I trying to say? A cultural or a construct? What am I saying here?
1: A societal construct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say to an extent that it is. The, so you mentioned fiat currency. So for those keeping score at home, you have... Social, two, uh, social
0: construct, that's what I was
1: trying to Yeah, so so you have two different kinds of currency. You have specie currency, S-P-E-C-I-E. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something where the actual physical object has inherent value. Right. So gold and silver have, in, have intrinsic value. So that's specie currency. And then the other kind is fiat currency, which, again is it's not backed by anything except for the full faith and credit of the government or, or by really just you could say agreement, but it's something that's been declared from on high Yeah, that this is worth what we say it's worth. And this is the legal tender for all debts, public and private.
0: Well, and I'm not trying to jump ahead here, but it's like gold and silver. Like why are those worth anything? I think an an element of that is the economic principle of
1: scarcity that you sure. Yeah. That, right. <clears throat> yeah. That's part of it. Specie currency would, yeah, it, it it has, it's, it's lasting. I mean, you know, gold, it doesn't rust, it doesn't tarnish. I mean like, you know, you open up King Tut's tomb, mm-hmm. you know, like 2000 years, I mean more than 2000 years later, like 3000 years later or something. And like the gold is still just as good as it was right. when, when the dude went in there. Well,
0: I, but I guess what I'm saying is like, although there was a time, so silver would probably be a better example because yeah, I mean, I just finished Johnny Tremaine, right? He was silversmith, apprenticing to be a silversmith. Paul Revere, right? There was a time at which we made a lot of things out of silver that had utility. Yeah. Right. But like, what's the what's the utility of 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 gold and silver in the modern day? Like, how do we interact with those precious metals on a daily basis? Maybe in the form of jewelry. That's about it. I know you can get like gold. You know, electronic wi- wire or something, right?
1: Right. Yeah, G- gold isn't as common, but it's a very good conductor. Yeah, and it, it's also, I mean, just in terms of utility, gold has the the greatest um, amount of uh, uh, w- whatever the word is that, that you can like, you know, hammer it. It's malleable. Pre- pre- yeah, malleable is part of that. Maybe that that is the right word. Like, mm-hmm. you can get that. You can get it. You know, super thin, like thinner than any other. Yeah, metal.
0: Okay, so um, I we'll get to some of that. And so kind of what I want to go through here initially, and, and we'll be kind of going back and forth between this and the Bible. Um, I had started listening to um, Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations, and in Book 1, Chapter 5, he talks about the origin and use of money. And so uh, not only is this kind of fun to read because it's in super old English, but also, uh, man, like I would wager that the average person has not thought this much about why why we exchange the things we exchange in exchange for other yeah. things. So
1: Adam Smith, would that be like 1720s or something? Um,
0: yeah, I believe so. Okay. I don't have a date on here, but I'm pretty sure it, yeah, it was the 1700s because he was part of that whole, you know, Adam Smith and Hobbes and Montesquieu and all, like, those are all some of the great thinkers of that time, right? Yeah. All right, so what I want to do here is I'm going to read you the first paragraph and, and we'll talk about what we can talk about and then I'll, I'll read some and... and um, summarize a lot of this other stuff because um, what I really want to get to is this idea of, of metals so paragraph one it says when the division of labor labor, which division of labor is a whole another economic principle that we all probably understand right I mean it's like if we were um, if we were putting out uh, Christmas cards right and we set up an assembly line and you were the envelope stuffer and I mm-hmm. was the envelope licker and you know Jessica was the address label putter on her yeah that's division of labor. And the whole idea is that we can produce way more with us, us each having a specialized task than one of us could do could doing all of the tasks.
1: Right. right. Yeah, and it works for some things, right. a lot of things. So when the division
0: of labor has been once thoroughly established, it is but a very small part of the man's wants which the produce, produce of his own labor can supply. So basically the idea there is that once the division of labor has been established— uh, we're very much reliant on each other because um if if you're responsible provi- for providing for all of your needs it would it would uh consume all of your time i think a good example of this is you ever heard the experiment somebody tried to do where they tried to make a bologna sam or a ham sandwich by producing everything their sel- themselves okay like, like growing wheat milling yeah. flour yeah right raising a pig raising a cow, milking said cow, right? Like it, Yeah. It, it just, it was just an experiment. I I don't remember the outcome, but it took far more time, money, and resources than it would through the use of division of labor and purchasing. Right,
1: I guess division of labor works in situations where quantity to some extent is more important than quality. Well, I would wager to say that
0: that's in most of our existence though.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is it's It's just that as soon as you start talking about that and like the whole quality versus quantity um dichotomy th- then then you have to start talking about i mean and and it is related to the idea of money, then you're talking about value like what is actually more valuable i guess in 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 broader ways maybe in the in the long term but anyway back back to adam Smith
0: right um so he supplies the far greater part of them by exchanging that surplus part of the produce of his own labor, which is over and above his own consumption for such parts of the produce of other men's labor as he has occasioned for it. Every man thus lives by exchanging or becomes in some measure a merchant and the society itself grows to be what it pro- what is a properly a commercial society. So again, at the end of the day with the surplus of his his own labor he's able to purchase the, the fruits of other people's labor mm-hmm. right yeah and so then it becomes a matter of so what is he exchanging with that other person in order to get uh, those fruits let's right
1: so you you have um, and you have economies that are uh, based upon bartering right where where you actually have the the, the thing that you actually produced and you're trading some some measure of it Mm -hmm. to someone else for some measure of what they have produced and so that's why in that definition of money it's it's a uh, it's a medium it's a medium of exchange right and so go ahead
0: so this is what the next paragraph is about I, I, we can just because you're 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 on the right track so like but what what becomes the the issue with that right so let's say like in here it talks about you know the butcher versus the baker and the brewer right so so how does this become an issue if I have a surplus of meat. And or live animals, for that matter, because mm-hmm. in the bartering in a bartering system, at one point, like that was the currency, right?
1: What what becomes the issue? Well, because what if you have what if the thing that you produce is not what the other person needs? Correct.
0: In fact, it says here. Um, so you,
1: you so the medium of, of exchange needs to be something of universal utility. Correct.
0: So um, yeah. So it kind of says here. Uh, it talks about. Um, when the vision of labor first began to take place this power of exchanging must frequently have been very much clogged and embarrassed in its operation one man we shall suppose has more of a certain commodity than he himself has occasion for while the other has less the former consequently would be glad to dispose of and the latter to purchase a part of his superfluity but if this latter should chance to have nothing that the former stands in need of no exchange can be made of and so like in fact when I was reading uh, basic economics Thomas Sowell he talks about like you know let's say you make chairs and i have i'm i own an apple orchard how do we determine how many app chairs or how many apples a chair is worth right like we could probably <clears throat> determine that value but then now what are you going to do with all these apples right you know and and it kind of goes to your point before when we talk about metals and like what's the shelf life of an apple exactly right less than a chair <laughs> preferably <laughs> right and so at the end of the day what it comes down to is um well i'm gonna jump ahead but i guess i I can just say it right if we have this third item that's of equal value to both of us that does have uh that 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 lasts right uh has a extended shelf life then um i mean that's that's kind of we're going with this so in here it's interesting though it talks about a bunch of the different things that have been kind of a currency over time talks about livestock it talks about, um, let's see here. Um, salt was a common instrument of commerce and exchanges in uh, Abyssinia. Species of shells in some parts of the coast of India. Dried cod at Newfoundland, tobacco in Virginia. Sugar in some of the West India colonies. Hides or dressed leather in some other countries. And there is at this day a village in Scotland where it is not uncommon, I am told, for a workman to carry nails instead of money to the baker's shop or the alehouse. And so... It's just interesting to think about all these things that at one point...
1: So that's, that's where that expression comes from. Which one? I got hammered. What? <laughs> if you take the nails to the pub mm-hmm. to get the stuff that you need at the pub, you get
0: hammered. What is the basis for your etymological etymological
1: claim? Well, I mean, it's just sort of obvious, right? I guess if you got a pocket full of nails, and the and the the brewmaster has a hammer, mm-hmm. I mean you get what he's got, yeah, which is a hammer, right, for your nails, mm-hmm. and, you're, <laughs> and you're hammered.
0: Ugh. That was like a dad joke. It's not a dad it's joke. Terrible. It's, it's three thousand comedians bad. out of work,
1: and you're making jokes. There are three thousand comedians out of work? No, probably not.
0: All right, so. It says here, okay, what are we at here? In all countries, however, men seem at last to have been determined by irresistible reasons to give the preference for his, this employment to metals above every other commodity. So which kind of gets, gets, gets us back to what, what we were discussing a second ago. So one of the reasons we settled on metals is because, like, they last. And it can be like, again, this, this third thing that I can give you in exchange for the thing you have. Mm-hmm. that doesn't put you in a place where you have a buttload of apples that you don't need, you know. Um, uh, incidentally, well, no, I won't say that right now. Um, okay, so, so it says right here, metals can not only be kept with a little loss as any other commodity, scarce anything being less perishable than they are, so they're not perishable, but they can likewise, without any loss, be divided into any number of parts, as by fusion, those parts can easily be reunited again. Um,
1: yeah so it's highly portable
0: well yeah it's highly portable and then like it says divisible We yep it's divisible but then we can also smelt it I guess right, right and put it back together mm-hmm. in fact um, I'll tell you what it makes me think of you ever seen that movie The Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger unfortunately yeah yeah and so you know like he would win a trophy and they would break it apart and divide it up amongst themselves right which I like I wonder if like is the, if we were to look in the history of trophies like you know, because now you go to the trophy shop and you get some, you know, softball player. It's actually a piece of plastic with gold leaf on it or something.
1: It's not even gold leaf. It's, it's not even. It's just paint. It's like foil. Yeah, right. It's not even foil. It's just paint. Just but it's spray paint. at some
0: point where trophies, like actual gold, I mean, like the Stanley Cup, isn't that made of like silver or something? Probably. Probably.
1: Yeah. I, I think in the Olympics they have gold medals that might be made out of gold.
0: Yeah. So there's probably a time where like you won a trophy and it was
1: actually worth something, right?
0: And now we have fiat trophies. Now
1: that's that's what I was about to say. Participation (laughs) trophy, everybody gets it. It's just like, uh, man, I just just feel the, the bucks, the the money that comes from certain current U.S. presidents, right?
0: And but even those trophies are worth something, right? Like you know you could have
1: used yogurt lids. It's true. And the the back is blue, but it counts as bronze, so no cheating. <laughs> Sorry, that that's a sh- shout out to the office. I'm glad you picked
0: up on that. That's yeah, good.
1: Absolutely, I did.
0: So, I think we see a pretty good example of probably a not good use of metal. If we turn to Exodus 32, first cha- first verse, we're going to.
1: Oh man, Exodus 32 and metal.
0: Yeah, we're we'll talking about that. Yeah,
1: it starts bad and it gets even worse. Right. And then it, well, you know, things happened. Exodus 32, 1 through 4. Exodus 32. And being that this is the first verse of the night. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing. And bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. they took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. then they then they said, these are your gods O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt right So uh, here we see <laughs> an improper
0: use of money, shall we say but we see but p- perhaps a good demonstration of how it can be parceled out and then also refused or reformed. Right? Right. Yeah. But again, not the you know what and I was thinking about that's interesting in this is I was paging through trying to find it, is everything prior to that is is the description of like the tabernacle. And of course a number of those implements are uh, coated in gold and things like that. Yeah, they're all
1: overlaid in gold, Right. made so, out
0: of acacia and overlaid in gold. Yeah, overlaid. Thank you. That's the best better word for it. And so it's interesting. While God's selling Moses, hey, this is what I want, this gold used for this and gold used for that. Here's what the Israelites are using their gold for, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: And then, I mean, are you going to get to the rest of the story? Uh, I wasn't, but go ahead. Well, Moses comes down, Mm -hmm. and he's not not too thrilled, breaks the Ten Commandments. God makes him recopy. He does it, comes down and deals with the Israelites, and he grinds it up, puts it in the water, and makes everybody drink it. Oh, really? I didn't recall yeah, that part. Yeah, that, that was part of the punishment, is that they had to drink the idol. And that's a pretty visceral judgment against their god. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, think about it. What goes in must come out. Drink it yeah no, like
0: justice.
1: that's uh, like I'm. I'm not trying to be inappropriate at all, at all inappropriate or at all lewd or or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because like the scriptures have some very uh, PG thirteen, let's say, judgments against false gods.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So back to to what we we're discussing, though. So again, the utility of metal is we can we can parcel it out put it back together as opposed to, again, if we go back to the livestock thing, like I can, div- I can divide up a cow, but I can't keep him alive and do that. Right. You can't put him back together. And he certainly has utility while he's alive, which I mean, it, 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 I mean, these are things that, again, I feel like most of us don't think about. Right. Uh, Thomas sold us a great idea, uh, job of explaining this in his book. And, and he uses a cow because, you know, a cow is useful for producing milk, which, you know, helps the milk industry and all, all, uh, supporting or in all industries that that supports like the cheese industry and, and you know, I all butter, right? So the dairy industry, but a cow can also become beef, right? Mm -hmm. And it also, and we can also use its hide for leather, right? And so he talks about how if there is an increase in demand for baseball gloves, that affects the dairy could have potentially affect the dairy industry. Let's Mm -hmm. say maybe, I mean, not obviously that's not necessarily true because you, you can you see his point, right? on the one hand on the other hand, obviously, you could probably slaughter I mean I know they do this, right like dairy cows are female, so if your dairy cow has a male, you give that one up right but anyways it, and how yeah, typically how all these industries are are dependent on one another um, anyways, what am I saying here? So at the end of the day, cows have you, you could divvy up a cow, but it has utility alive as well where you don't have that concern with metals, and so that's one of the reason we use metals. I don't know. That was a long way around to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but again, talking about the significance of metals, it says, Different metals have been made use of by different nations for this purpose. Iron was common, the common instrument of commerce among the ancient Spartans, copper among the ancient uh, Romans, and gold and silver among all rich and commercial nations. So what that reminded me of was... Uh, Daniel, let's go over to Daniel 2, 32 through 35. Ezekiel, Daniel, there we go. Come on, Ezekiel, how long are you? Very. (laughs) All right. Daniel 2, 32 through
1: 35, where it says, I will read... um, So while you're getting there, this is a description of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Right. The image made out of various sorts of metals.
0: The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly of thighs and thighs of bronze, its leg of iron, its feet partly of iron, and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, and the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken into pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the huge statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. I suppose we ought to talk about the interpretation, right um yeah, that's just
1: later in the chapter man where was that uh let's see <clears throat> I should i mean it it's it's very soon after that, yeah uh let's see well it starts in verse thirty six this was the dream, and and now we will interpret it to the king. You, O oh king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. Mm. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything, and as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not (laughs) remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Um, And then it goes on to say that 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 rock that was cut out but not with human hands is going to strike that statue at the feet and the whole thing is going to come tumbling down and and turn to dust and then the rock will grow and fill the whole earth and that's a kingdom that will be uh, set up by by God himself.
0: Right, and so when we we uh like I have this picture in my Bible it's of that
1: statue and
0: and the empires that that, that represents. So the gold being the gold head being Babylonia, the chest being the Medo-Persians, the uh bronze being the um the Greeks, uh the iron being Rome, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess my point is like
1: and then there's another one
0: after that. Right. Also, there's another one after that. My point being though is like I mean think about it. we know like the iron age, iron age, the bronze age. We have have this this picture here and just I guess I just wanted to kind of uh I don't know pay homage to the significance of metal to our history. I guess. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, without metal we're just whacking each other with sticks. <laughs>
0: right. Well, and and we're exchanging cows and stuff with each other um and so with that being said um moving on to this next thing so so again we know so the exchange of metals is not incredibly straightforward i mean maybe it is now although again there's a lot of nuance to that because as we said i mean you know you pull a quarter out of your pocket and like what is it actually worth you know like, I mean there was, there's
1: no intrinsic value in a quarter right I mean even like, at least not the the, the modern ones even in a penny like
0: if I'm not mistaken uh, the modern penny is not pure copper no right mm-hmm. um, and so uh, like if
1: it were it would be worth
0: more than a penny right but there was a time when 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 those metals were chain exchanged like uh, it talks about in here um uh, metal seem originally to have been made use of for this purpose in rude bars without any stamp or coinage So there you were literally trading hunks of metal or maybe items of metal that uh, gold or silver that had been formed into things and, and At the end of the day uh, there was an element of the like like the purity of that that piece, but then also its weight mm-hmm. And so the use of scales like I mean I was thinking about this and I don't I don't know this to be true right but I'm sure you've been pulled over before.
1: It's been a long time, but yes. And, so I, you know, I, right. Knock on wood. So I've heard before, like you can contest,
0: um, like a speeding ticket. Like if, if, uh, cause like those radar guns, it's my understanding they're supposed to be registered with the department of weights and measures. Oh yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like, so there's a department of weights and measures. I, I assume that's still a thing.
1: Yeah. Every state has one. Right. Um, And you can see there's stickers on, like, gas station pumps. Right. And also on scales at stores. And so, uh,
0: I mean, those are great examples that, again, we probably don't typically think of, right? But, like, when you go buy, um, you know, if you go buy a 45-pound barbell at Dick's Sporting Goods, like, I don't know if it's that serious, but, like, what we decided a pound is is a very specific thing now and i think it probably traces back to to things like this where um when you were measuring out metal to pay for something there was a lot of room for uh
1: well you had to come up with with like the unit right you know like like what's the what's the most basic yeah unit that we're going to deal with that all other measures are predicated on
0: right and so the idea of putting metals on a scale and having Accurate scales and accurate weights to determine its worth was no small thing and, and really again It was it's kind of a like it says there there like there's a time where you're, you're literally trading things that had no stamp had no There, there wasn't coinage, uh, but then there wasn't even a stamp on it like Verifying its amount like you're putting on a scale and weighing it to determine its value in exchange for whatever the thing you want was and so there's there's a lot of room in there for uh, dishonesty you know, mm-hmm. and so um, some interesting um, examples of that in the Bible, because one of the things we, you know, we were discussing this before the show, because even though we weren't supposed to be talking about things, but, uh, you know, a lot of the things that are like a lot of uh, so the English pound, I'm, I'm stuttering a lot here. The English pound is a good example. The reason it is called a pound is because that's how much it weighed in sterling silver. It, it weighed or that was its worth uh, at one point. And so the same is true of other uh, types of money. And so I was wanted to show you an example, a couple of examples of this. So let's go to Genesis twenty-three. Going to Genesis. Uh, yeah, it's not the
1: beginning of Genesis, though.
0: <laughs> so Genesis twenty-three, one through sixteen. All right.
1: Genesis twenty-three, one through thirteen. You say one through thirteen? One through sixteen. And if oh, there. okay. I see. Yep. Um, I mean, you want this whole thing or just when when uh when he gets down to business
0: uh
1: I guess we can summarize what 's going on. Sarah died, yep, Sarah died he
0: wants to bury her he's trying to buy some land to bury her from a guy named Ephron and he it seems like the Ephron guy's kind of saying like you don't need to, <clears throat> you don't need to pay me for this and 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 Abraham kind of insists right yeah, so yeah, I want you to start in fourteen and read through like uh sixteen.
1: Okay, again, Abraham, oops, that's 12. Um, Again, Abraham bowed down before the people of the land and he said to Ephron in their hearing, listen to me, if you will, I will pay the price of the field, accept it from me so I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, listen to me, my Lord, the land is worth 400 shekels of silver. But what is that between me and you? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and weighed out for him the price he had named in the hearing of the Hittites. 400 shekels of silver according to the weight current among the merchants.
0: So that last part there weight current among the merchants in my bible it says subject to more variation and therefore greater dishonesty than the latter royal standard see 2nd Samuel 14:26 guess where we're going next 2nd uh, w- Samuel 14:26 which was carefully regulated and more precise so let's sw- switch over there 2nd Samuel 14:26 This is definitely one of those choose your own adventures I'm always talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of neat. Okay, Second Samuel fourteen twenty six. I will read this one. So it's talking about Absalom. It says whenever he cut the hair of his head, he used to cut his hair once a year because it became too heavy for him. He would weigh it, and its weight was two hundred shekels by the royal standard. So I got a note there. Uh, Me too. Twenty six. Oh, do you? I do. What is it? Five pounds. Five pounds.
1: Uh, That's what it says here.
0: Um, Okay, so mine says the royal standard. The royal shekel was perhaps heavier than the sanctuary shekel. See Exodus thirty thirteen. Yep, five pounds or two point three kilograms. Who needs kilograms? You know what? (laughs) You know who was the first to the moon? Us. Yeah, and we did it with feet and inches, not meters. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Yeah.
0: Anyways, Exodus 30, 13.
1: Exodus 30, Okay, 13. got it. Go ahead and read it. Each one who crosses over to those already counted is to give half a shekel, according to the sanctuary shekel, which weighs 20 geras. This half shekel is an offering to the Lord. Okay, so another note.
0: Shekel, a unit of weight, not a coin. Oh, man, see note on Genesis 2016. I didn't write that one down.
1: But to, that's where we just were, wasn't okay, it? was oh, it? Okay, was it? Oh, no, 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 we were in 23, 1 through 16, so 26, 26. No, 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 we
0: were there. We did read that, sorry. Yep, so uh, a unit of weight, not a
1: coin. Oh, no, no hey, we we did, we did were in twenty three sixteen. Your note says 2016, which yeah. I flipped over there, and it does mention a shekel. It says, to Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother 1,000 shekels of silver. Hmm. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you you are completely vindicated. That's Abraham and Abimelech and uh, let's see a thousand shekels of silver Okay was about 25 pounds it says
0: so A unit of weight not a coin So according to the sanctuary shekel in keeping with the standard weights used at the tabernacle They may have differed slightly from those used in the marketplace, right? so there we see three different variations of the the worth of a shekel um, I, I found an what, article. What, is,
1: what does shekel mean?
0: Um, I don't know what it means, but a shekel is a half ounce is what okay. this note I have said. But we're just saying that that was 50 she- What was the last one? We said five pounds. Anyways, I found an article that said a shekel is worth a half ounce and a talent is 3,000 shekels.
1: A talent is 3,000 shekels. Right. So that would be 1,500 ounces. Sure. Which would be divided by 16 would tell you the pounds. Mm-hmm. So a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got, I got to the extent of my in-my-head math ability right there.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of this where it's like I think this is, like, interesting stuff to know, and I don't know if, if there is utility. My sense is there probably is. And if nothing else we've discussed before, Proverbs 11.1, one, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate, accurate weights find favor, favor with him, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, what, like, what does that mean, or, or why is, what, I mean, what is it the thing you said before to understand an analogy, you have to understand the literal or something
1: like that? Oh, yeah, literal meaning has to come first. There can't be any figure of speech Unless there's something literal that it's based in, mm-hmm. so if I say it's raining cats and dogs, it doesn't make any sense unless you already know what cats and dogs and rain happen to be. Right. The literal comes first, and once you have a particular body or you know a collection of literal things, you can you can relate them to one another and to other things by virtue of their pre-existence.
0: Right. And so, if we read this 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 idea of the Lord to test dishonest scales but accurate weights find favor with him like i don't think that it's not that that doesn't mean that the lord prefers like an uh an honest i mean that's that's kind of what we're saying here right like this is like he wants money measured out fairly right but i think that analogy that metaphor probably extends out to other things because we, we might also be talking about fair treatment of people perhaps
1: right i mean it it means m- more than what it says right it doesn't it doesn't mean less i mean it's not just it's not just a figure of speech, but it is symbolic mm-hmm. it's It's an example of i mean it's an exemplar right it's yeah,
0: but if we don't understand the great pains with which or through which people had to go just to exchange the money of the time with each other mm-hmm. then then some of that's probably lost on us oh yeah right
1: yeah well we're we're even insulated from just the uh the whole market bartering type culture mm-hmm. that you know was was very it's still common in lots of places right
0: yeah yeah it, it's funny I had a friend for a while who's like somebody told him or I don't know he went to like some class where it's like He's like, I ne- you can negotiate anywhere you go. Like we tend to think that you go into uh you know Best Buy and you can't negotiate. But he started trying it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he was able to talk people down on the price of TVs or or you know, get the floor model or, or, or whatever the case may be. But we we it is a social construct to most of the time walk into a place, you see the price tag, you pay what they're asking. Because we don't
1: have bazaars, you know. Right. Um, I mean that that really is what what I prefer. Like I I don't wanna I don't want to haggle at all. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I just want you to say exactly what you think it's worth. And I will tell you if I think that's a good idea or not.
0: Yeah. And it's and it's uncomfortable. I mean, you know, man, this is a rabbit trail. But even you, you think about like uh, us buying this house and, and how ridiculous it really is that, it se- that we negotiate price with the seller. Right. Because at the end of the day, right. the bank determines the value because they're the one paying for it it's true it, you know it's True, and, and a lot of that is, is it's why people use realtors because they don't really want to deal with those other people they want somebody to do it on their behalf mm-hmm. and there's definitely utility in sitting down with other grown-ups and maybe just working these things out for yourself but then also there's some like difficult people out there and i just assume pay somebody else to deal with them mm-hmm. um anyway that's neither here nor there uh so i get again all that to say uh we got about. I have the clock on. About thirteen minutes left, so we can kind of talk about these other things that I want to talk about. Okay, but I think like, do we maybe appreciate money a little bit more? Because at the end of the day, I, you know, I was saying this before. Um, when Jesus is talking about rendering unto Caesar, and he's looking at that coin, like the fact that that coin exists is is significant, because there was a time where, again, in order to exchange the currency of the time with somebody, we had to have scales and weights and, uh, an understanding of what the value of that unit of measure is. And at some point, uh, I guess governments came into being and, did, and, 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 and did that work for us and, and started distributing the money of the land in, in the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Standardization. Right. But in, in, uh, Good grief! Anyways, they did it in the form—sorry—in the form of a coin, and so what was stamped on those coins told you what the value of that that you know uh, currency was, mm-hmm.
1: right? Well, that that's helpful in a sense, and it's convenient in a sense, but and this is probably going. This would go down another rabbit trail, but when when you w- when you set convenience and standardization kind of at the top of the value hierarchy, mm-hmm. there are certainly things that are sacrificed and in the process of that standardization, which again would have a good deal of market utility, yeah, what they introduced into society was a graven image, yeah, and I think that that's kind of undergirding that that account with Jesus because you know the Pharisees are like, well, you know." jesus teacher are are we supposed to pay our taxes? Mm-hmm. he said show me show me the coin mm-hmm. it's like who whose image on whose image is on it yeah well Caesar's give to Caesar what what's Caesar's yeah, so the reason so and that that's that's fascinating too that Jesus is saying that all that money belongs to Caesar mm-hmm. by virtue of of it having his image on it. it's like, well, if your image is on it, it must belong to you mm-hmm. So all the money belongs to Caesar, which that really is true. Because think about the level to which Rome would have overseen the—I uh, mean—in anything that had to do with uh, commerce in in the empire mm-hmm. by means of their standardized currency. Yeah, there, there there was there was a loss of liberty in the process of trying to gain utility. Yeah, and so Jesus is pointing us beyond, you know, what could be this amazing convenience that revolutionizes the economy, yeah. pointing us away from that because it really is a false God to that which bears God's image mm-hmm. and not to worship ourselves or think that we're yeah, not to worship ourselves because we have God's image, but well if we if we bear God's image, then well we belong to him. And so that there there should be some level of, of separation between the the people of God and let's say the the, the economies of Caesar, mm-hmm. um, and I, yeah, I had another thought. Connect. Oh, oh, yeah. So graven images. So the Jews also had coins, mm-hmm. and because it wasn't Caesar who who came up with like that standardization and putting his image on it, but but when the Jews did it. They weren't allowed to put the faces of their rulers on the coins. Oh yeah, because it was a graven image, Mm. and so the the coins in Judea that came from there had the Judean reed Mm. on it. Yeah, and which is which is really interesting because um, like Herod, Herod coined yeah coined that that Judean currency with with the reed, and so when you look at the story of um, and it might have been that story right there. In fact, I'd have to go back and look. But when when he turned to the crowd and said, "You know, who who did you who did you go uh, go out to see?" And he was, you know, talking about John the Baptist. Like yeah. when John the Baptist was among you, who did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed swaying in the wind? Mm-hmm. That was an allusion to the coin, hmm. because that that was that was um, a, a re- that was an allusion not simply to the coin, but to the figure that was represented by that reed on the coin, which would right. be Herod. Yeah. Because he follows it up with, um, who who did, so, no, you, you didn't go out to see a, a reed swinging in the wind. Uh, or, yeah. Who, who did you go out to see? Uh, somebody dressed in fine clothes? No, those dressed in fine clothes are in are in palaces. Yeah. So y- you, you kind of get the hint that with the reed thing, he was talking about Herod because that, that was on the other side of his... Uh, of what he was saying, yeah. So he was, he was, he was drawing that distinction between the 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 powers of the earth and the 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 things that they create, the utilities that they create to cause their their economies to flourish. Mm-hmm. He was drawing a distinction between that and God's kingdom, yeah, which can use the it's kind of like Paul's Roman citizenship. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul used his citizenship in Rome for the benefit of the kingdom. Yeah. So it wasn't that there was this total separation, but you, again, you have, you have to have this, this value structure, this value hierarchy, and you've got to, you know, put first things first. Yeah. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Right. And the extent to which you happen to participate in the other kingdoms has to be subordinated.
0: So, I mean, so can we say like in that exchange, um, because again, the existence of coinage is no small thing. It, I guess was my point. Like yeah, we went from you're wrought, right, you're right. Wrought iron bars to coins, and, and man, like maybe one of the more productive uses of government is like determining currency and having the U.S. mint. And like we, you've talked before about um, uh, people, you know, who are are trained to, to spot counterfeit. Oh, in the secret bills. service, right? Because. And so, I mean, like the measurements of 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 our money is so precise, and, and things like that. Where, I guess, what am I saying here? So, what what I'm saying is, is Jesus kind of saying, like, well, you know, let's not fixate on this thing that's just a tool. Like, don't make that the center of your world. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, mean, I personally, uh, I'm I'm thankful that we have money. I'm glad that when when Jessica says I need to go get groceries we have this thing we can use to purchase them, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm saying is this, right? So true or false, money is the root of all evil.
1: False, because that's not what the Bible says. Right. What does the Bible say? Money is the root of all kinds of evil.
0: No, it says the love of money. I'm
1: sorry. Yes, 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 you're (laughs) right. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which I don't take that to mean like every individual type of evil. It's, It's just... Yes, the, the, the love of money is the roots of lots of kinds of evil. Well, and so... But you're we, right, I, I, I stand reproofed. <laughs> 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 well, that's a
0: throwback for the last week. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.10 is where that comes from. And I think I read somewhere, this is one of the oft-misquoted verses in the Bible. One of the most. Right. And so, uh, where is that, 6.10? Did you read last, or did I? I did. For the love of money is a root, a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that idea, of the love of money. I mean, I feel like that's uh, that's a pre- that's a pretty crucial or crucial part of that passage, because at the end of the day, like the money itself, it's kind of like this this the the argument with over over firearms, right? Like the firearm does not go out of its own accord and slaughter people. And I, I think I think money is another example of a tool like that. Like certainly it can be people's vice, but ultimately it's the people that are are uh the people and their their love of it that's that's creating that evil, not the money itself. Because it's also incredibly useful, which is kind of what I opened with.
1: No man can serve two masters. Either he will love one and hate the other mm-hmm. or he will hate hate the one and cling to the other no man can serve god and money
0: yeah um you're flipping your bible you got something you're trying to go to
1: well i i don't know if we have have time for this this is kind of a i might have to do sort of a counterpoint even though like i agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. like i've got some uh, not contrary takes but some other takes mm-hmm. as well when it comes to um so I, I think that you're really talking about like like the utility of money and like the basest, or uh, basist. I, I don't mean base and, and necessarily in the sense of you know that which is base or vulgar mm-hmm. but like like very very basically like it really is it really is a tool mm-hmm. and that that's kind of where, where you're coming at this and seeing places in scripture where it's used and okay, like it, it, it needs to be, to be weighed in a particular way. And if you're like intentionally distorting, uh, the, the value of it or the, the like the weight of it and thus the value, you know, you don't simply have a problem with the person you're cheating. You have a problem with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's an aspect that's there. I just see some other patterns, additional patterns emerging in scripture that don't contradict what you're saying.
0: Well, my next thing we're going to talk about is Judas and 30 pieces of silver. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, again, that, that would be a love of money manifesting itself in evil, I would say. Mm. So, Matthew twenty six, fourteen through 16.
1: And the 30 pieces of silver bit wasn't the first time that... Judas had been, let's Caused with his less hand, than honest. hand
0: in the money jar.
1: Right. Yeah. Matthew twenty six fourteen through sixteen. I think it's your turn. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, "What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you?" So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him to hand him over.
0: And so we know what transpires and so then 27 it says early in the morning all the chief priests and elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed so they bound him and uh, led him away and handed him over to Pilate the governor when Judas who had betrayed him saw that Jesus was condemned he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders I have sinned," he said for I betrayed innocent blood what is this to us they replied that's your responsibility so Judas threw the money into the temple and left then he went away and hanged himself. Could we say that was an example of somebody putting first things second and
1: pierced with many griefs?
0: Yeah. Um I mean that that might be like the the real obvious example, but like certainly money when used improperly can can <laughs> End up in like a, a lose 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 for for all those involved. Well, I suppose there was a win for the the Pharisees, right? And so I guess I just want to say like I I am not I am not trying to um, minimize or overlook because I mean you know, you'll hear people I've heard this point made before where as much as we tend to get fixated on um, you know sexual immorality, money's mentioned. Money and concerns with money are mentioned far more in the bible than that,
1: and in revelation they're talked about in in connection with sexual immorality
0: yeah i mean you could see how those would end up together if you're right. if you're you know a human with a pulse um but then I think we also see again versions of where um i mean we've discussed some versions where it's used or 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 some of the uh well, I guess I'm looking more for like, what were some examples of where we see it used properly? Examples
1: of money used properly. Well, there was the, uh, the the buying of that expensive perfume mm-hmm. to anoint Jesus's feet. Okay, <clears throat> like the one that Judas said should have been sold, and the money given to the poor. Yep, by which he meant himself. Right, he considered himself to be a very good cause. Mm-hmm. So that that was a good use of money. Um, we have record in Acts of Different ones selling what they had. I mean, property, yeah, things like that, and laying the money at the apostles' feet. Mm-hmm. We have Paul taking up offerings. I think he talks about that in Second Corinthians. He was he was having them take up a special offering, I think, for the poor in Jerusalem. And I think that Paul talks about that sort of thing, like collecting special offerings, like two or three times in his letters.
0: Yeah, I've actually got that here.
1: Um, you have the, uh, the, the 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 seven deacons. <laughs> And, and Acts taking care of widows uh, predominantly and probably orphans, but I, n- I know it's specifically mentioned uh, as being widows, and that probably took some money, mm-hmm. probably money that was given to the apostles for those sort of things. Right. Um, let's see, other good uses of you know, and money. I, oh, uh, J- Jesus told Peter to go catch a couple of fish and get the money out of their mouths to pay the temple tax. Mm, yeah. Y-
0: uh, you know, there's there's a... Something in the Old Testament, I could even tell you where it is, where it talks about, uh, man, like I'm super paraphrasing now, right? <laughs> but the, the whole idea of like how it's sinful to de- deny a, a man his day's wages, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about?
1: Or it's It sounds like something that could be in the law yeah. and or Proverbs. Right. But but to, which is, I mean. It's well, just, the, the, like the, the worker is worth his wages uh don't muzzle the ox as it's uh tramping, treading out grain treading right. out grain but
0: the the idea being though that it like it was viewed as sinful to take advantage of somebody's labor without fairly compensating them, sure, you know, yeah, which I mean I think we can all appreciate that you know um to your point about Paul's collection uh, I found this article that kind of summarizes what you're saying there, so Paul's collection for the Jerusalem church occupies significant portions of his letters first corinthians sixteen one through four 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9, 15, and 15, sorry, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9, 15, Romans 15, 14 through 32. It is so important to Paul that he is willing to face hostility, Romans 15, 30 through 31, and is indeed arrested in Jerusalem in part of, in part because of it, Acts 24, 17. What compelled Paul to raise funds among his Gentile comforts for the poor in Jerusalem? Why did he feel his this money would be better spent on the poor in Jerusalem rather than on the poor Gentiles surrounding Gentiles surrounding the communities they were collected in, what did he hope to offer? This offering would accomplish. That's just, I guess, questions that are answered further down in this article. Point being, though, like yeah, to your as you said, uh, that was that was something that Paul was going around doing is taking up collections to take back to, to care for the poor in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and so um, I don't know, like he he writes about it, but I think we 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 see how it's like a um well, well I guess there there could be accusations that he's using it improperly that's probably what it's referring to in Romans but at the same time like this is just like one of the routine goings on mm-hmm. uh it, in in the first century church as you know it is in i mean most congregations i guess probably across the world you know yeah probably separate and apart from the lord's supper <laughs>
1: You know, it's it's really interesting where we get wording for things. Yeah, sometimes it is.
0: That's definitely a Church of Christism.
1: Uh, yeah, to, to to my knowledge, because okay, this is this is not knocking other denominations or groups of Christians, since it's probably a decently ecumenical crowd that's downloading this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we actually take communion every week. Yes. Unlike others. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like at all the, like you're talking. To I know, him. like the, those other groups are more, more than glad to take up the money every week, but not dish out the communion. Oh man, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I, I say that with all love. It's just like I, I don't think the Church of Christ is better than everybody. Like we've got our issues, we've got things that I don't agree with. We've also preserved some things that are that I think are really good. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't think we're think we're better than other people. So, I'm glad you got that out there. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, like, Catholics take it every week, you know? Good job, Catholics. Mm. Yep. They take a lot of communion. They do. Mm. Yep. And they love babies. They do love babies. Like, in whatever state of development, like, they love babies. Like, this is true. Thank you for that. Yep. Um. So, final thoughts, I guess. Final thoughts um you want to go first
0: yeah i guess it probably ought to, like tie a bow on whatever it is i was trying to say here <laughs> at the end of the day right well so, this is this is an
1: ongoing conversation that that's the reality
0: it is well but i mean like money is this thing that exists that again we all make use of each day <clears throat> and uh you know I, I don't know i guess man i'm not like trying to come to the defense of money but uh, but also understand like um it certainly has utility is capable of a lot of good capable of a lot of evil and and we need to appreciate where it actually comes from and and it's not it's no small thing it's no simple thing there's certainly a lot of nuance certainly there's people who understand it better than i do um and so you know we need to be, be aware of the pitfalls of it but also be uh be aware of the good that can be done with it as you know as we were seeing even in the first century church i guess is what i'm saying
1: And I guess my final thought would be a quick preview of next week. Oh, yeah? Because I already know what the title is. Okay. Mystery Babylon. All right. Does it have to do with money? It does. Okay. It has more to do with money than you have any idea about right now. Okay. At least that's what I'm going to try to prove. Okay, cool or suggest suggest at least are these your
0: contrarian views then
1: no it's not contrarian it's it's ancillary mm. okay you know it's like echelon's of fire nice like like you 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 uh i think you were dealing with like like the small arms and next week i'm i'm going to be we're actually going to back up and and fire some mortars you know maybe and, call in an airstrike wheel in the howitzer yeah, and if an if an A ten shows up, like I'm just gonna lose my mind. It'll be awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's it. Oh man, I think we've kept next it. week. Mystery Babylon. Mystery
0: Babylon. Tell your friends.
1: You may proceed. Okay. Lord, thank you for uh, another chance to talk about your word, and and how it just intertwines with life more than intertwines with life. Like your your word is is full of truth and uh, and that's something that we we appreciate and we want to understand better so thank you um i pray that you would help us to to think about you and put you first in in all things and i pray jesus will come back soon in his name amen amen